RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Kenny Hodgart. Tonight's headlines, COVID rules for inbound travellers are to be relaxed from Monday, meaning they'll only have to take two PCR tests. Chief Executive John Lee, John Lee says he'll make use of attendance at the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit in Bangkok to tell a good Hong Kong story. And President Xi Jinping has held face-to-face talks at the summit with Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida. Health authorities say COVID rules for inbound travellers will be relaxed from Monday, meaning they'll only have to take PCR tests on the day of arrival and the day after, but not on the fourth and sixth days. The Undersecretary for Health, Libby Lee, says rapid tests will still be required every day for a week. At a press briefing, she was asked whether there was any room to further relax social distancing measures. The total infection rate in Hong Kong is actually rising and the hospital starts to feel the pressures. The beds are actually are quite tight at the moment. And so we, I guess we all agree that we do not want our healthcare system to collapse. So we will actually gauge you know, the pace of further relaxing carefully with the infection rate of Hong Kong. Dr Lee also said the government had procured the latest version of the BioNTech vaccine. She said the first batch will hopefully arrive in Hong Kong this month and can be administered as booster from next month. Hong Kong today reported its its highest daily COVID tally in about two months, with 8,052 new infections, 533 of them imported. Twelve more patients with COVID have died. Two former Cathay Pacific flight attendants who may have brought the Omicron COVID variant into the community last December have been convicted of violating quarantine rules. Maggie Ho reports. Eastern Court heard that 46-year-old Wang Yunlong was subject to medical surveillance but had failed to observe the specified conditions on or around Christmas Day 2021. Nielsen Lau, host 45, was convicted of the same offence on December the 25th and 27th. At the time, air crew had to observe 21 days of self-isolation after landing in Hong Kong. But the court heard that the two went out and attended meals with their families and others before subsequently testing positive for Omicron. During the trial, the defendant's lawyers argued that both of them genuinely believed they had not flouted any rules, as the airline's internal guidelines stated that staff could go out to get food and did not list what acts were prohibited. But the prosecution said ignorance was not a valid defence. Sentencing was adjourned until December the 1st, and a pair were remanded in custody. They face up to six months in jail. Chief Executive John Lee has embarked on his first official trip overseas since taking office in July. He's in Bangkok to attend the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit with other regional leaders. Mr Lee is leading a Hong Kong business delegation to try to boost trade ties with Thailand. Speaking to reporters before leaving, the uh, CE said he wants to make use of the trip to tell good stories about Hong Kong. The themes of the meeting are to open and connect, which are exactly why I am attending, to tell people that three years after the pandemic, Hong Kong has reopened and is back on stage, connected to the world. In fact, Hong Kong has the unique advantages of the support of the motherland and connectivity to the international world. The Centre for Health Protection says there's no evidence to show the melioidosis outbreak in Sham Shui Po is linked to two drinking water reservoirs in the area. More from Todd Harding. 
The bacteria was earlier found in soil at the reservoirs, but at a press briefing, the centre's Dr Albert Au said further tests on over 200 environmental samples done earlier this month found the water is not contaminated. He said the government has yet to find the source of the outbreak, which saw 27 infections since August, with 20 of the patients living in Shamshui Po. President Xi Jinping and Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida have held talks in Bangkok ahead of the summit. It's the first face-to-face meeting between the leaders of China and Japan in three years. Mr Kishida stressed the need to boost a relationship that's constructive and stable. He also said he conveyed concerns to President Xi over peace in the Taiwan Strait. Quick look at the weather, becoming cloudy but with a few sunny periods tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 23 and 27. Moderate east to northeasterly winds occasionally fresh offshore. It's currently 24 degrees at the observatory with relative humidity of 82%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. Customs officers say they've made their largest ever seizure of suspected counterfeit national football team shirts and sports shoes just ahead of the start of the World Cup in Qatar on Sunday. They say the haul is estimated to be worth more than $50 million, as Vanessa Cheng reports. The suspected fake goods were found at several locations, including the Shenzhen Bay Control Point, Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge Control Point and logistic companies. Officers said they believed most of the items were to be re-exported, with some sold locally and online. Gary Hong, Divisional Commander of Customs Intellectual Property Investigation Bureau, said the counterfeit goods are highly accurate copies of the genuine articles. He said customers need to beware. Customs reminds the public to buy goods at reputable shops and compare the market price range before purchase. Customers should remain more alert to unusual prices offered by the online trader or some goods in limited edition be offered by the trader. Mr. Hong said genuine national football jerseys usually cost between $600 and $1,300, with fake ones going for as little as $200. Hong Kong's unemployment rate has fallen for six months in a row to its lowest in more than two and a half years. New official data put the jobless rate for the three months ending in October at 3.8%, down from the 3.9% recorded for the July to September period. This level of unemployment was last seen in early 2020. The underemployment rate, meanwhile, also fell by 0.1 percentage point to 1.7%. Labour Secretary Chris Sun says the labour market had continued to improve as domestic economic activities picked up. A child welfare organisation has called on the government to beef up measures to tackle child abuse, such as speeding up legislation to make reporting of it compulsory. Against Child Abuse said it had received more than 168 reports of suspected child abuse on its hotline this year. That's down from 200 the year before, but the group's director, Donna Wong, said she doesn't believe the decrease reflects the actual situation. I don't think it's an actual trend. I think the trend is increasing. According to the statistics of the social welfare department, the child protection registry, between January and March of 2022, we received fewer hotline calls. That is the period of the fifth wave of pandemic. 
The Foreign Ministry says President Xi wasn't criticising or blaming Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau when they discussed yesterday the leaking of details of their meeting held on the sidelines of the G20 summit in Indonesia. The two leaders had the exchange in the presence of a translator a day after their closed-door meeting. Everything we discuss is then leaked to the paper, that's not appropriate. And that's not all the way the conversation was conducted. If there is sincerity on your part, free and open and frank dialogue, and that is what we will continue to have. We will continue to look to work constructively together, but there will be things we will disagree on and we will have to Let's create the conditions first. Foreign Ministry spokesman Mao Ning did say China was not to blame for strained ties between the two countries in recent years. Malaysia's opposition leader and Prime Minister Prime Ministerial hopeful, hopeful Anwar Ibrahim has said that if his coalition is elected in Saturday's general election, it will champion inclusiveness, warning that further playing up of racial issues could potentially lead to an explosive result. He told RTHK's Mike Weeks that his coalition, which is well ahead in the polls, needs to make Malaysia more cohesive. We have a role to play here to be able to be more inclusive, to embrace uh, majority Malays with the ethnic Chinese, Indians, and our friends, uh, people in Sabah and Sarawak. And, and I think um, our Pakatan Harapan coalition is very clear on the issue of uh, the need to be more cohesive, inclusive. I mean, I, I did uh, emphasize to allay the fear of the majority Malays, then it's still Malay leadership. The constitutional provisions will be protected. But we cannot continue with this arguing on the issue of race and religion and um, playing this because potentially it can be really explosive. Myanmar's military says it will release almost 6,000 prisoners, including a former British ambassador, a Japanese journalist and an Australian economics advisor who will be deported. The Southeast Asian country has been in turmoil since the military's coup last year and a bloody crackdown on dissent that has seen thousands jailed. Dozens of foreign nationals have been caught up in the crackdown, including Sean Turnell, who was working as an economics advisor to Myanmar's civilian leader, Aung San Suu Kyi, when he was detained last February. In 2013, he explained what his motivation was in working for the Suu Kyi government. The motivation was to help our friends in Burma's democracy movement, and we wanted to do that two ways. One of them was to simply, given that Dorsu and her compatriots were actually the elected alternative government of Burma, we wanted to be able to help them as much as possible in coming up with a strategy for economic development. Some relatives of those killed in last month's crush in the South Korean capital, Seoul, have said they don't trust the police investigation. More than 150 mostly young people were killed when a narrow alleyway became dangerously overcrowded. Critics have questioned the lack of forward planning. The BBC's Jean McKenzie reports from Seoul. Almost three weeks on and it's now clear the deadly crush could have been prevented if the authorities had better planned for the enormous crowd and responded faster on the night. 
Around 130,000 people went out to celebrate Halloween in the party neighborhood of Itaewon. The investigation has so far focused on the emergency services, leading the firefighters union to accuse the government of scapegoating them. It's now sued the interior minister, who is responsible for public safety, forcing police to investigate him. A court in the Netherlands is expected to de deliver its verdict later on Thursday on three Russians and a Ukrainian accused of mass murder over the downing of a Malaysian airplanes, airlines plane in 2014. They are being tried in absentia. Flight MH17 was en route from Amsterdam to Kuala Lumpur when it was shot down by a missile over eastern Ukraine, killing all 298 people on board. International investigators found that the weapon was supplied by a Russian military brigade and fired by Russian-backed militants. Moscow has always denied any involvement. Millions of Britons will pay more in taxes under plans announced by their finance minister, Jeremy Hunt. Today, the Chancellor of the Exchequer told MPs that income tax thresholds would be frozen until 2028, save for the top rate whose threshold was being lowered. Mr Hunt acknowledged that the UK was in recession, but said his plan would help to rebuild the economy. Today, we deliver a plan to tackle the cost of living crisis and rebuild our economy. Yeah. Our priorities are stability, growth and public services. We also protect the vulnerable because to be British is to be compassionate and this is a compassionate And finally, Operation Santa Claus, an annual charity campaign jointly run by Radio Television Hong Kong and the South China Morning Post, is raising funds for 15 charitable projects to help the needy. Marking its 35th anniversary, the yearly campaign has raised over $350 million to support more than 300 charities. Speaking at a ceremony to mark OSC's anniversary, Chief Secretary Eric Chan said the values highlighted by the charity campaign are in line with the government's aim of building a caring community. I encourage everyone, individuals, companies, schools and community groups to team up with Operation Santa Cross by contributing their money, time, efforts and fundraising ideas to support these charity drives. Sports in all its forms foster important values including teamwork, respect, fair play and inclusion. These are values not just at the heart of the Operation Santa Cross, but also at the heart of our caring community. The government holds dear these values, uh, which underline our goals as what the Chief Executive said in his policy address to build a more promising and united Hong Kong where people enjoy living and working. Quick reminder of our top stories tonight. Some COVID rules for inbound travellers are to be relaxed from Monday. Chief Executive John Lee says he'll make use of att attendance at a Bangkok summit to tell a good story about Hong Kong. And President Xi Jinping has held face-to-face -face talks at the summit with Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida. The news from RTHK. <laughs> It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you 
my dear, at twilight time. And thank you very much for joining in to Twilight Time on this Thursday night. The dying embers there of Friday, just literally minutes around the corner. Welcome to 45 minutes of easygoing music just for you to chill out and relax to. And if you'd like a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. First one for your entertainment tonight comes from the fabulous Echoes. I want some red roses for a blue lady, Mr. Florist, take my. Stop. 